and welcome to Ending Physician Overwhelm. I'm your host, Dr. Megan Mello. I'm a family and obesity medicine physician, as well as a certified life coach for physicians. In this podcast, we talk about how the learned habits of people-pleasing, perfectionism, and a lack of boundaries show up in our lives and how they contribute to burnout, exhaustion, and overwhelm. The healthcare system is broken, my friends, but let's not wait for it to be fixed in order to feel better. Hello, my friends, and welcome to today's episode. Today's topic came to me as I was sitting down and working with a group of mostly recent residency graduates who are just about to complete their first year as attendings. And the tone of the conversation really had to do with, you know, this waiting for it to feel good part. Uh, which I very well remember uh, in my young attendees as well. And so what we're going to focus on today is something that's so common amongst so many of us, which is our skill for delaying gratification. It's a skill that has served us well in many respects, right? We slog through medical school, residency, possibly fellowship. Um, We may have had a pregnancy or some other you know, significant life event that took work and effort. Many things that you may have faced have involved putting in the work for a long time, often with very little to show for it until the end. And, you know, of course, along the way, your journey was likely bolstered by external validation, right? Praise from other people admiring you for the hard work that you were putting in. You may have picked up some numbing behaviors and little reward habits along the way, which also may or may not be serving you well right now, uh, but you know could be in the form of having extra sweets or salty snacks, especially after the kids go to bed, maybe a few glasses of wine each night, scrolling your phone for a few hours before bed. But what many of us are not doing once we get through the milestone of residency or whatever endpoint of training you experienced, what most of us are not doing is enjoying the moment and celebrating our successes. In fact, most of us suck at this. And let me show you what that looks like. Do you wait all day to eat and then you eat too much? Do you resist going to bed until everything is done and then stay up too late on Instagram trying to have some fun before bed, but then it's midnight and you have to get up at 5.30 tomorrow and tomorrow's going to suck? Do you leave vacation days on the table? Many of these things may not seem like a problem with delayed gratification, but the problem is that when you use this pattern over and over and over again, you will run into one of the following distinct problems, or maybe all of them. One, because you withhold pleasure all day or all week, because of this habit of delayed gratification, you know, at the end of the day or at the end of the week when you're feeling very fatigued, You may or may not be feeling self-righteous as well. You start seeking instant gratification now. Maybe it's cookies, maybe it's wine. Again, you know, a few hours on Instagram roll by. Whatever it is, it's usually not something that you really, really want for yourself. And ultimately, you often beat yourself up about it afterwards because you told yourself you were going to stop doing that thing right? Stop eating too many cookies, stop having so much wine, stop wasting hours on social media. Number two, 
you struggle to feel good or relaxed or joyful or excited, even when you're on vacation or on a great date or you're out with friends. Because you are so used to postponing the good stuff, perhaps coupled with an avoidance of your emotions in general, you don't know how to feel the good stuff in the moment. People who constantly delay gratification are living in the future, where everything you know that seems good looks bigger, brighter, shinier. That makes it harder to appreciate the goodness of a long talk with somebody you love or a trip to a beautiful but not perfect place. Number three, you keep moving the bar. I'm going to share a recent story from one of my clients who's an MD-PhD. As many of you know, MD-PhDs often do, you know, the first two years of medical school, then they, you know, quote unquote, take a break and do that PhD in the middle, and then they return for their third and fourth year of medical school. So she uh, had bought a bottle of Dom Perignon champagne that she was going to have to celebrate once she completed her PhD. But when the day came, she decided, no, she's going to wait until she finished medical school, right? It's a combined program. She wasn't done, right? So not going to celebrate that right now. And then once medical school graduation came, well, let's wait for residency graduation. You know where the story goes, right? Yes. Many years later, this bottle is still with her. It may have gone bad, in fact, having moved from place to place several times over many years. I actually have a similar story myself. Um, But the point here is that, you know, at the point where she, you know, felt worthy enough to open it, uh, you know, and pause in her journey to celebrate, even at some momentous times, right? She got an MD, she got a PhD, uh, she completed a prestigious residency. That point where she felt good enough to stop and celebrate never came, right? That is a big problem with delayed gratification. Now, if we pause here and we look at delayed gratification in general, we might argue about whether or not it actually is a problem. Delayed gratification is not intrinsically wrong at all. But if you're routinely experiencing one or more of these issues that I just mentioned, where you withhold positive emotions, whether you know, out of a drive to get it all done first, right? Or because you're out of practice of being in the moment and feeling good things, or you're never feeling like the accomplishment is enough. I want to ask you to consider the impact of delayed gratification on your life right now. Not having positive emotions, not having little hits of joyful, you know, healthy sort of natural forms of dopamine throughout your day, uh, you know, is something that doesn't feel good to us. If we couple that with, you know, our lives and the pressure cooker of modern medicine, where you're battling the clock, the insurance companies, you know, you've got that list of 17 items to address in 20 minutes, you've got staffing issues and a culture within medicine that taught you to shove your feelings down and ignore your bodily functions, such as the call of your bladder. If we add these things together, right? then the habit of delayed gratification, not letting yourself feel good, is a major problem. This was a huge problem for me, and it's still something that I work on. I wouldn't have been able to put my finger on it at the time, or at least not with these words. 
But this remains a challenge because it's so ingrained in me from childhood, right? We work hard, the rewards come later. We work hard in school to get into college. We work hard in college to get into medical school. We save for retirement, right? And we avoid buying things for ourselves now where we've got a mortgage, we've got a college fund, lots and lots of investment in our future. And none of these things are wrong. But when we repeat them over and over again, with the belief that rewards come later, it's so easy to become stuck in a pattern where feeling good right now feels like it's not in the cards for you, right? We never get to the place where we are allowed to feel good. And even when you do have that vacation time or a date night or a milestone, big or small, you know, we don't let ourselves feel it. And, you know, this can happen at the micro level day to day when, you know, we withhold rest and nourishment and emptying our bladder, right? We have to earn those things. And it can easily lead to a lack of sleep, you know, binging on junk food, too much alcohol, too much social media, right? Because your brain at the end of the day is tired. It's deprived of joy and dopamine all day. And it wants those things now. Of course, this also impacts us at the long-term level, right? when we never stop to celebrate ourselves along the way, then we can see how that creates a pretty joyless experience. I spent so many years reading all the self-help books, trying to figure out what was wrong with me. Why couldn't I feel good? My friends, this habit right here, which has been reinforced in us so many times, is a huge part of my problem and the problem that so many of the physicians that I talk to, we have to learn, or perhaps more precisely to relearn to do the following, celebrate the small wins and the big, embrace our own self-worth, to decouple our value from our accomplishments, and to be able to feel our feelings, our emotions, good and bad, in order to truly feel good and present in the moment. So let me break these things down a bit more for us here. Number one, learn to celebrate wins and milestones. Now, this comes naturally when we celebrate the wins of others, right? We clap when babies walk, we clap when they fall down. We congratulate our patient who finally bought a pillbox and is taking their medicine, right? We celebrate birthdays and graduations. Most of us do these things for others easily. And we do not do it for ourselves. It's why my coaching sessions start with us highlighting wins from the week. It's a skill that we can learn. It's supported by brain science that actually helps to nourish better habits and allow us to feel more joy. So we have to start celebrating wins and milestones, which means you have to pause and celebrate. Number two, we need to embrace our self-worth. Again, we do this for others. We may have our moments when we don't think that humankind is going in the right direction, right? But most physicians do believe in our hearts that other people are basically good and basically worthy. Now, it's a twisted turn of fate that many of us come out of our training, having relied so long on external validation and a culture that uses shame and blame to pretend that mistakes are not inevitable. We stop believing in our intrinsic worth. We, you know, despite believing that others are worthy and we start putting conditions on our worthiness and our lovability. I've said this before and I'm going to say it again. 
You don't need to do anything to earn your worth. Even without the list of accomplishments that you carry, you are worthy of love and pleasure and relaxation. And you withholding that worthiness from yourself because the systems that exist in the world cause you to believe that it's necessary to withhold your worthiness for their own gain is not helpful. And, you know, when I talk about systems here, I might be talking about medical training, race, gender, sexual orientation, or other systemic forms of power and oppression. But you no longer need to be complicit with these beliefs. Now, this is a charged statement, and, you know, it's a charged idea, depending on how deeply this runs for you. You may need some help to work your way through it, right? You may have been very heavily programmed to believe that your worth needs to be earned. But I'm going to tell you this right now. You are worthy right now of good things, including simple things, such as rest, bathroom breaks, nourishing food, and respect. You just are. Number three, we need to learn to decouple your value from your accomplishments. So notice in what I just mentioned that we don't need to list out the things that you've done. My guess is that you have done many amazing things and more likely than not, if you're a high achiever, you've received significant amounts of validation in life from the things that you have done. But that, my friend, does not determine your value and worth in life. You don't need a fancy CV or to literally have cured cancer to be valuable. You just are. Right now, you don't need to justify it or defend yourself. But you won't get very far if you don't believe in your value. What I'm talking about here is not ego. Ego who needs to defend herself and show that she's better. Nope. We're just talking about you, you, the authentic you, with your darkness and your light, your shine and your warts, and everything in between. So we need to put down the hustle to defend our value and start letting ourselves feel valuable, just feeling worthy right now, even for just little bits of the day. That might mean accepting a thank you from someone and really letting it in. It might be accepting a compliment. It might mean that you pause to enjoy the taste of your coffee or the smell of flour and just savor the moment. But letting yourself enjoy things is a reflection of you valuing yourself, valuing your experience of the world, and building a good life. Number four, last but not least, we have to learn to feel and allow our emotions. Now, I've talked about this many times previously, but I want to say here that there is a difference between allowing your emotions and, you know, sitting and simmering in them or being swallowed by them. I spent a lot of years being angry, angry at how my employer kept me from being able to take care of people the way I thought I should, angry that the healthcare system was so difficult for people to navigate. Angry that people would show up to see me in the outpatient clinic with problems that really should have been seen somewhere else, like chest pain and diaphoresis, right? You name it. I was just angry. And if you had told me then that I just needed to feel my feelings, ooh, that probably would have made it worse. I might have punched you. <laughs> but what I was doing was not 
really feeling my feelings or allowing them, I was trying to shove them down. And there's only so much you can do that, right? Before they become leaking out of you. That's one of the many things that happens when we don't allow them. We often sit and we stew in one of the negative emotions without processing it or trying to understand it. We may blame others. We may feel bad or guilty for feeling the way that we feel. We may feel we're not a good person. We may try and hide it, numb it, but it always backfires, always. And one of the most important things here is that you cannot selectively numb emotions. Brene Brown talks about this a lot. She says we can't selectively numb the dark, meaning the negative emotions. When we numb the negative, we lose our ability to feel the positive emotions too. We also numb the light. It's so critical to understand this part and this side of the coin. We don't talk about it enough when we talk about physician wellness and burnout and the impact of moral injury. When we are constantly resisting our feelings, trying to avoid the hurt, trying to minimize pain and discomfort and pretend that we don't have feelings, we are blocking our own ability to feel happy, joyful, grateful, proud, excited, you name it. And there is no pill that will do this for us. Now, it is true that you may need help to do this. And you don't need to feel any shame if you find yourself at whatever age you are and you aren't sure if you really know how to feel your feelings. This is common for many of us. Most of us do not receive this kind of education. We do not learn how to tune into our emotions and understand these automatic thoughts that are programmed in creating these emotional states. I'm going to include some links to some additional podcast episodes to listen to if this is new for you, because this often takes some time to really sink in and understand. I know it did for me. But the bottom line is that in order to feel good, you may have to relearn how to feel your emotions, right, and really allow them to be there so that you can process them, work through them, understand them, and move on. My friends, this work is hard and it is brave. It's much easier to stay stuck, to not ask questions of yourself, to continue life on the treadmill, right? It's the devil we know. And of course, you can decide to continue to do that. It's up to you. But if you're struggling with being unable to stick to your health and self-care goals, if you're tired of feeling miserable on vacations and dreading going back to work, if you suck at celebrating your own milestones, I want you to consider what your life is like right now and what you're missing out on. You didn't do this on purpose. It's just a fallout from the way that we're taught. And regardless of that, you deserve to feel good. You deserve to have moments of rest, pleasure, and laughter throughout the day. You deserve to pause in the middle of the day and eat, hydrate, and go to the bathroom. You deserve to enjoy your weekends without dreading Mondays. You deserve to pop open that champagne and celebrate yourself. You don't have to earn any of this, but you do need to learn to stop being so hard on yourself, to start acknowledging your own value, and to stop thinking of your self-worth as being coupled with your accomplishments. You are a lovely, worthy human being right now. When you start recognizing this and taking time to treat yourself and to treat yourself well, excuse me, the way you would treat a friend, a child, a loved one, that is when you can start to really feel good. 
None of us is happy all day, and that's not the goal. But the goal is somewhere between always delaying gratification and seeking immediate relief and release, right? Boring, measured balance is what we want here, right? Where we have some good and some less good during the day, peppered with days and weeks where we have lots of joy and lots of relaxation and pleasure, but in a way that doesn't leave us hungover and regretful about our choices. That's the show for today. Thank you as always for your attention. Um, If you enjoyed the episode, I'd really appreciate it if you'll leave me a review and share the episode with friends and colleagues. Until next time, take care. Well, that's our show for today. Thank you as always for listening. To learn more about my coaching programs, head to www.healthierforgood.com. And if you love this podcast, please drop us a review on iTunes or support the show by clicking the link in the show notes. Until next time, take care.